Tony Humphrey is no ordinary high school athlete. The 16-year-old Cortland, New York resident is an accomplished baseball player at Iona Prep in New Rochelle, a junior who's already been recruited by and committed to play for Boston College after he graduates. So striving to become a better player by joining the track team, that was a no-brainer for Tony. Comes up to me and asks why I was doing track. But an interaction he had this past Friday with one of the school's assistant athletic directors had the team stumped and frankly furious. I told him the same explanation I just told you. Just trying to get faster, it never hurts to gain speed. And he questioned and said, oh, aren't you already fast as is? I go, yeah. And then he tells me that that I gained that speed from running from the police. And that's how I gained that speed. You heard that and thought what? That was racist. There was no reason for him to say that. The school declined to identify the staff member who made those comments, but Tony did not waste any time. He went home, told his mother what happened, and they decided Tony would be taking his talents elsewhere by transferring from Iona Prep to the public high school near his family's home. We ended up pulling me out of the school. I decided to leave because of my current situation, as I'm already committed, I'm already going to school. I don't feel like I have to stay at a program where they're gonna look at me different. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we've been here. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we've been here. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we can't get rid of us now. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we can't get rid of us now. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we can't get rid of us now. And you know that's it. <laughs> Matt is still going. Okay. Well, welcome, to another... <laughs> welcome to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen. I will be your hostess with the mostest. Uh, but before we get on to our story and our, our topic at hand, which is chucking up the deuces, I'm going to pass it to my co-hosts and let them introduce themselves. Let me go ahead and start with Sam. Go ahead and say hey. Hi, my name is Samuel. I'm in fifth grade. I'm 11. I'm homeschooled. And yeah, also I got a new dresser. Oh, well, all right. Shout out to the dresser. <laughs> Miss Melissa, go ahead and say hey. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I'm a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area. Perfect. Miss Jada. Hi, guys. I'm Jada, and I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area. Glad to be back. Awesome. Awesome. And rounding out the crew today is Mr. Uh, Grady himself. Go ahead and say hey, hey. Oh, oh, oh. You know what it is, baby. Matt Grady, a.k.a. M16, man. We in here. Chuck the deuces on you, fool. Not y'all. I'm, I'm talking about. about. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm saying we're going to throw up the deuces because, you okay, know, okay. It's, it seems to have been happening more and more often, right, where we're seeing story after story of different things happening in different areas across the United States uh, where our students are being subjected to macroaggressions. I know like, they like to call them microaggressions. Uh, this is a real blatant ma macroaggression at this point where this young man who's a stellar athlete seems like he's a, a, a great student as well. Um, he gets uh, uh, already committed to Boston College, right? And then he has his whole thing where he's trying to better his craft. So he joins the track and field team, baseball player, joins the track and field squad to increase his speed. Is that a negative thing? What say you, Sammy? What do you think? Is that negative? Positive thing. Why? Usually when you're, you have a long-term goal in a sport, when you want to get to a certain level, you want to elevate yourself. And when it comes to speed and agility and stuff like that, you want to go, you want to join the track and field team. I've been on track and field. It really hones in with techniques and uh, to help build your le le uh, leg, leg strength. And also mm -hmm. techniques to make you faster and be able to just sustain yourself while you're running. So mm. 
what I hear you say is endurance too, right? Because it helps you to sustain yourself. You get better lung capacity, right? You can do things longer. Jada, what do you think? Should this have been looked at as a negative thing? Absolutely not. I remember when I wanted to do softball, my dad wanted me to do track first because he wanted to help me build my strength and my legs, my speed, and, you know, kind of strengthen my cardio cardiovascular system. Um, yeah, I think soft, I think softball and track or baseball and track all kind of add up to each other. Same way if somebody wanted to do football and wanted to do track so they can increase their speed across the yard. Like, it, it all comes together. I don't know why that would be negative that mm -hmm. he wants to better his ability. I don't Yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems very, very bizarre. What do you think, Melissa? I think it's always great to try and improve yourself. I know my cousin who wanted to go on and did go on to play football, he played track and he was in track and field throughout his entire high school career. And that's how he got to be such a great wide receiver. So it's like, you're always trying to improve yourself. So joining another sport, that's trying to get better. And that comment was inappropriate. And he, he said that because why he doesn't believe black students should be better. And that's exactly what this student was trying to do. Just be a better student, a better athlete overall. Man, man, man. What, man? This is, this is why I ask, what exactly are we fighting for to some people? And I kind of refrained from doing this show because I didn't want it to seem like I had a bias towards a, a um, political stance, but this um, struggle of class Marxism ideology is already embedded in our educational system. And even if the teachers, bless some of their heart, are aware that they're pushing that or not, they are. Because really, true success, would use, use him as an example, and this could apply to all life. Anything you want to be extremely successful in, of course, you're going to have to involve yourself in things that match the frequency of what you're doing. The good barber is going to have mentors and, and everything or the good athlete or the good whatever they are, you're going to involve yourself in things that evolve you, upgrade you, make your endurance because the successor is those who endure. And of course, the school isn't taught, isn't there to teach you that. The school is there to teach you to be a cog in the system you know, worked with the, when you meet your foreman, I mean, my bad, when you meet your teacher and, and, and so forth. So when I asked that to say, I'm not giving advice to say, hey, you know, go take your kid out of school. But if you do understand why when I'm saying that this idea to even make that a negative indication is implementing to this, to this child and each of our children that struggle of class is modern day society and this ain't the 1800s so we either need to pull our kids out of school or either teach them this before they go into those schools that that's the type of game that's being played and enforcing that self-image before they walk out of our doors because regardless some of these things and ideologies are in place that were, were made based off of history of mistakes not based off of modern or future Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to go and get mad about me saying Mark's idea and interpretation of, of it all is stupid, and that's a whole nother conversation. So to sum yeah. it up, that boy is absolutely down the right alley to decide, hey, I want to get better. I want to have a good endurance. I'm going to go involve myself in things and improve those abilities about me because that's what makes you valuable in the world, finding something that you can increase your ability in and you not being able to be replaceable is what creates his valuable. And that's going to make him a more valuable athlete. Then he should be encouraged to do so. And that should be applied to any walk of life or decision any of you children decide to make. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about this school. Cause we're talking about Iona preparatory, Iona preparatory, which is Westchester's premier college prep school. Um, in order to go there, the, the tuition for four years is $18,750. Um, that includes your tuition, textbooks, workbooks, course readings, and the yearbook. And so he's already, well, I don't know if he's on a scholarship. I don't want to assume, but there's already some sort of money going out the door, right, um, to make sure that he is, has um, access to this standard of education, right? 
And so you have a student athlete, he's, he's, you know, meeting, it sounds like he's a really great student because I didn't hear them saying, oh, he's flunking his classes or whatever, but he's going to this school and the assistant, what do they say? Athletic director tells him, oh, you gained your speed. Aren't you fast enough? You've gained your speed from running from the police. Um, what type of message does that send to you? And Sam, I saw your hand shoot up. What's up? So um, I think it was the, the track coach that said that. I, I think, think it's the, uh, he was an administrator. So I oh, think it was the okay. assistant athletic director. Okay. But you notice yeah. it said the school didn't want to uh, say who it was. Yep. But the assistant athletic director has since resigned. So I would probably say it was him. But go ahead. It just sends the message that, well, every black student is fast because what do you do all day? Run up, run from the police, right? Right, right. I, I thought so, cause cause you're all cause you're always criminals, right? Right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Like what? Not not every black person has a criminal record. Not every black person runs from the police. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? White people run from the police? It makes no sense. It, cre it creates what you call, Sam, it creates a hypnotic rhythm. And that's basically repeating something over in the subconscious of a child through generations, through generations, to make them fixate on that idea. And when you fixate on that idea, that image materializes. And that's why I'm stressing now self-image, even while we combat this, even while we expose, even while we let them know that we're not going to be quiet, we still have to take the personal initiative to, to reprogram the opposite of what's being programmed outside of our homes into, the, into their heads. Because majority of this is being told over to our kids, well, that's, that's how you're faster because you're running from police. And this how it's creating that narrative for our children to believe that. And I say this, don't look at your teachers. Look at the people who are successful at what you want to do and follow them. Because half of your teachers may not be successful at all at what they're teaching you, if anything. <clears throat> well, you know how I feel about it. Deuces. So who raised you? <laughs> and, and, I, and I agree. I, I think it's an absolutely shameful uh, statement to be made. By anybody. Um, and, and the fact that in my mind, he had the presence of mind to remain calm because it sounds like that's what he did. Um, but how many times do you think this athletic director has put his ideology out there or his opinions out there? Melissa, this can't be the first time. This cannot be the first time because you, this just can't be the first time. Because how do you have the audacity to say that to someone else's kid? I don't understand what these teachers, these administrators, these people who do not, who are not the parents of these kids think that they can keep getting away with saying these things to other children. I don't think you would talk to your children like that. So why do you, white man, think you can talk to some black kid like that? Sam, your hand is going up. Go ahead, Jada, and then Sam, jump in after Jada. And it's honestly quite flabbergasting to see a grown man talk about somebody else's kid like that. Like, that is some next level immature and Honestly, I just think it's out of jealousy to see another black person, another black youth coming up and being greatness. And it kind of triggers them and they get mad and they get jealous. I think that's what it is. It's a grown man jealous of a young black boy. That's what it is. We should. Oh, sorry. Sam. Like, so he says this to probably the one of the best athletes in his in in the school. What do you think he's he's saying to just to just regular black uh black students that go there? Yeah. Like he's saying this to somebody that is committed to a D one college. Mm. Like I, I I just can't it's like I, I'm not surprised, but it just still it's just it's like the idiots the idiocy, it just amazed me. It just amazes me. Hmm. Matt? Uh, Sam, I strongly believe and know that 
the way things are designed, you stay in your lane, you shut up, you don't do any extra, you be that cog. The, the more people who are under the scrutiny, or, it, it, this is deeper than him being a good athlete. This is showing he has the quality to take life in his hands and the initiative to advance himself. That alone is a threat. Once you guys understand that, yes, you brush it off and yes, you ignore it and you kill with the kindness of succeeding. But don't let nobody put their hands on you or they're going to have to chuck the deuces. Somebody checking out. But anyway. Well, I, <laughs> I don't even think it had to get to this point because they don't I, have I mean, to. But at the end of the day, you know, his strongest weapon is to continue to to climb and succeed and do whatever it is he takes to be the best in the top of it, whatever it is he does. And it ain't going to be for a black man or because it is, it's going to be because he chose. And it won't be no, he's a threat. At the end of the day, it's a threat to those who don't understand, agree with, envy of, jealous, or do not want to see him succeed. There's no secret, like, it's right in our face. Yeah, so we, yeah. know, we know who raised you and how they did or lacked doing. Hmm. Well, and, and I think the, the biggest thing, though, that we need to really look at is he went through this, right? And he had the, the presence of mind to go home and tell his mother what happened. Now, it's the next step that I think needs the exclamation points because what they just showed us is that we don't have to settle for the way that these people treat us regardless of the institution. If that institution ain't serving you, you can chuck up the deuces. That's what I saw. And they made no bones about it. And he enrolled in the public school by his house. So I'm like, if we could just do that in mass numbers, they don't deserve our time, our attention, our talents. They don't deserve any of it. Having us on their campus is a privilege and they need to see it as such. And what that means is if I'm there and you know you brought me here on purpose to help you win, there's something that comes with it. And this young man understood that he and his mama understood that they didn't need to subject themselves to this anymore. He's already committed to a D1 school. So bye. I'm gonna go get, get, get better by my house. I don't have to come over here and live up to your 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 standards. I can go back to where I'm at, buy my house, and chill. And just so when his stats up, he, he was an coach. outstanding. He was an outstanding player at this school. When you see him somewhere with his stats up, oh, oh he was a oh, great exactly. player. Oh yeah, we we trained him here. Then they're gonna claim him. Of course they are. They're gonna say, "Oh, that's our alumni." They're gonna raise money off his name. That's what they do. That's the tape. That's what they do. And I know I, I'm I'm one of them mamas. You are, you are one time. There's not a do-over. And we need that same energy. We need parents around this country with that same energy because they are exploiting. We talked to uh, your dad last week, Melissa, former NFL player, Eric Sutton. We talked to him last week. And he talked about that, that athletic meal at these schools, right? They know they need you. They don't want you to know it. And that's why they continue to act up. So I was on social media, y'all, and I just wanted to, uh, because I saw this story on um, Black Marriage Movement. Uh, it says, this young man knows and understands his value. He knows that the prep school need him and his talent, not the other way around. Too frequently, we assume when we are admitted to their illustrious schools that we owe them or they're doing us a favor and we are lucky to be there. Truth be told, too many of them think the same thing. In reality, there is an exchange happening here and we bring value to the table as well. The young man works very hard. He trains as an elite athlete. He studies to produce academically. Any institution would be blessed and fortunate to have him. I am grateful he has decided to take his talents elsewhere where he can be appreciated and treated properly. Kudos. What do you think about that? Jada, what do you think? I think that's amazing. I think every parent should be doing that. Honestly, quite frankly, because I, I feel like these schools need to realize that we're, you're not doing us a favor, we're doing you a favor. And if you feel like that, if when you bring me here and treat me like crap, 
I'm going to dip because you need me. I don't need you. I have success waiting for me. I don't need this. Mm. And I think it's so amazing. I think that was awesome. Samuel? I, hey, it, it just wraps it all into a bundle. I can, I have the potential to be a pro. I, I can get to the minor leagues. I can even get to the major leagues. I can get I can get paid. I don't need this disrespect. I don't need this. And then what once we say that, it's called ego. Mm. You're overconfident. No. I just don't I just don't want disrespect disrespect from the school that I'm helping out. Come on, Sam. <laughs> Sam, I like who raised you. Who raised that boy? Miss Quiz. Miss Quiz did all that. Wait, he got Shamar's in there too. Come on. Shout out to Shamar. What'd you say? I said shout out to Dad. That's right. See, Sam, you got to tell them this ain't the 1800s. You ain't going to. Who raised y'all? Who y'all think y'all fooling, man? Oh, man. Not Sam. Not Sam and the crew. Mm-mm. And another quote from this article, you know, this is uh, the young man, Tony Humphreys, who transferred from Iona Prep to the local public school after his uh, administrator said that he got his speed from running the, from the police. And he says, I decided to leave because of my current situation as I'm already going to college. I don't feel like I have to stay at a program where they're going to look at me different or feel uncomfortable at a place I have to go Monday to Friday. <laughs> I like Tony. I, I, I put in our, our thing. I said, like Mike Nye, like Tony. We need, to be, we need to be more like Tony. Tony's like, I don't have to put up with this. I already have my stuff lined up. I've worked hard enough to get to where I need to get. I got one more year in high school. I'm, I mean, why should I subject myself and be uncomfortable at an institution I'm at Monday through Friday? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Like, if, if we had more Tonys out there, these people would really second guess the way that they are deciding to treat our kids. Because I know they're fans of them, you know, during the basketball season and the football season and whatnot certain kids, but after those seasons are over, they tend to treat them just like every other black child in the district. Um, I know the students staged a walkout. Why is what he did more important or more have more of a, a feel to it than just staging a walkout? Melissa, instead of the kids just staging a walkout, why is it that what he did was so much more powerful? Because I mean, knowing your worth right there, like like the article part of the article you said you read said he knew his worth. He moved schools like a walkout that makes a statement, but leaving that disrespect behind shows that you know how much you are worth and you know that you deserve better. And I love that mm -hmm. his mother knew her son's worth too and took those steps that not enough parents take. We see so many stories right here on this podcast. Like a few weeks ago when there was the girl who the black girl who was getting bullied by these white girls and her sister said she has three more years left at this school, the they should have taken her out of that school, just like the 100%. mother took her, son out of, took her son out of this school. So removing yourself from a situation where you know you are not being treated as you should be shows them that you are not here to play and you are doing them a favor. Exactly, exactly. And um, this other part is, and, and this is what ticks me off about these schools. They always release dumb statements like this. Um, uh, according to Euroweb, a letter was sent out to parents by school president, Brother Thomas R. Leto. He stated that the man's actions and his behavior that Iona Preparatory does not condone for its students and will accept for, or and will accept from its faculty and staff. Now, I don't know if y'all had a, a chance to do any type of research or even look at the different news stories featuring uh, Tony Humphrey, uh, but he said that these type of incidents happen often. So when schools put out statements 
who say we don't condone this. It seems like it's been being condoned all this time. And it's not condoned when they have to release an official statement. What say you, Jada? I say, personally, I say, oh my God. I would say, give me a minute. I need to get my thought process in order. Samuel? It shows that you're just lying about it. Come on, Sam. Thank you. You're just lying about it. Because if you really didn't condone this, why was it one of the highest officials in your school? Your assistant athletic director. What? How 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 is that is happening that high and you don't condone this? Because they are willing to play the social game with our children's lives. Come on now. Yep. Yep. And it's always, we don't condone this. Oh, we don't accept this behavior. But the black students, if you go and talk to the black students, we deal with this all the time. We deal with microaggressions. As a matter of fact, there was some some incident, I believe it was four players from the football team talking about the incidents that they've had to undergo or the different experiences they've had at this elite prep school. This highly sought after expensive school where parents are paying for their kids to go there and be disrespected. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you got the same type of leadership over there. These, these oafs, these dumb people who are comfortable and they don't want their paycheck mixed up. So they go and they talk to the legal in the district because you know, schools have legal representation and they say, help me craft a statement. It don't have to be true. It just has to be a statement because legally they're not supposed to condone it, right? Melissa. They will do anything that they can to make themselves look good. They do not care about black students or, yeah, they don't care about the black students. They don't care about what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. They don't condone it until they get called out on it, until it's going to affect how the white people look at them because as long as they have the white man's approval because that's who looks like them they don't care so they do not care about the black students black they don't care about the black students in their schools or how we're being treated or even if we say this is how we're being treated even if you bring it to their attention they still don't care until they get publicly called out on it and even then they craft they craft these statements that are not true just to try and shove it under the rug Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, and, and I'm listening and, and I, I agree with you 100 percent, but I think that it goes deeper uh, than, you know, the white man's approval. These statements are crafted so that they don't lose funding. It's a money game, especially in these these private schools. You know, there's some donors that don't want to be affiliated with people who are doing racist stuff especially in these booster clubs who are getting people to come to these games to see these little Negro children. They don't want to be affiliated with that. So when you start to talk about affecting their bottom line, things, you know, you start to get these little raggedy statements that come out. And and I think I showed you guys, or I read to you the statement that came out of Elk Grove when they had that lockdown where they pulled out the black boys from class. And they said, oh, it was a precautionary lockdown. They start off lying. First sentence. <laughs> What's happening? As if these children didn't experience what they experienced, right? But we're just supposed to take their word for it because some people won't look deeper. Some people won't go find these kids who are actually affected by the, the actions of these adults. They won't go talk and say, hey, what happened? Tell me about it. How are you feeling? They don't do all that. They just get these dummies to write these statements. And, you know, I'm probably going to, you know, hear from some people who write statements, uh, but they get these dummies that write statements. And it's like, even my little four-year-old cousin could see through this. I, th I think Tina could read that and be like, yeah, right. That didn't happen. Because they're so elementary in their wording and their, their lack of critical uh, an analysis of the situation that unfolded. What say you, Sammy? I know, I know. What do you think about that? It's, it's like they they try to cover their tracks so much because like prep schools they get they get their money by sponsors and then by the parents because you're paying and alumni 
$18,000 to go to that school. So, so if they can't get like, if they can't get a certain amount of people to come to their school, they don't want that. So they, they come out with this, with this little ticky tack little response. So, oh, it'll, we don't, we do not condone this. This is a rare event. This has not, this has, rarely happens. This you know, you know, they, <laughs> he said never and then had to backtrack. <laughs> I heard you, Sam. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. What would be an even stronger response to this type of disrespect? What do y'all think on that campus? What could have been an even stronger response? Sam, go ahead. An, an actual, like, actual action implementing uh, policies and actually trying because you cannot root this out if you don't try to root it out. Mm. You implement support groups for black students that have experienced this type of things and you set a policy that if if you are found out that you have committed like if you ha you have done one of these things, you are fired on the spot. You are not mm -hmm. allowed to return to your job, and that sets a precedent precedent that is better for for black students on the campus. I it's love not that hard. Matt, um, my opinion is exactly what that young man did. Be done with it the second you show me who you are, because I feel like if if we implement and put in procedures then we still have people that at heart may not believe in it or want those things from you for you and only following it because of procedure um just in the world of business i don't want anybody working around me or overseeing me that's just doing it to go through the motions so as soon as you show mm -hmm. me you don't believe in me i'm uh, i'm moving out your way anyway mm. and i agree with that and i said what would have made that stance more um pronounced for this school how would they have got it melissa you have something jada sam said it all we need policies that are going yeah. to protect us policies are powerful and if we are we need that to protect us as black students because no one else is looking out for us so if we have something written written on paper written in stone maybe that will make some change and also more parents moving our black children out of these schools what, that's the one that's the Matt, one matt always says that we need hbcus but make it high school but make it middle school like we need that we need black parents taking their children out of these schools that are disrespecting them and harming them not just physically but emotionally and mentally we need to take them out of those schools and move them somewhere else and that's what i was trying to get to if more of his friends the black friends that play for these some of these athletic teams, if they all decided to leave at the same time, woo! That that would that that's it right there. That's it, Jada. What you think? You still thinking? <laughs> Have you no, noticed also in schools they do not teach? Hold on, Matt. Hold on, real quick. Hold on, real quick. What'd you say, Jada? No, Matt can go ahead. I was just thinking and listening. Sure, no, go ahead. If you, if you're ready. Kinda put the cherry on the cake, and I was like, oh, okay, no, cool then. <laughs> okay, Matt. I was saying, just have you noticed in, in, in school, they do not teach one of the most important things to be successful or wealthy or just in good health and living the life you want. And that's one control of your emotions. Just notice how they leave that out. And one of those especially things that the, the black community could really use for their children is knowing teaching self-image and you know, our paradigms and control of emotions, but just leaving them all out of whack and pumping all this stuff into their heads. There has to be a motive to that. And we understand that the motive isn't a good one. And adding on to what Matt said, I think that's really important because you saw how he didn't throw a fit. He didn't yell. He didn't, I want an apology. I want, I demand this. He's just like, I'm out. I don't need this. Y'all don't, y'all need me. I don't need you. I'm out. He didn't throw a fit. The mom didn't throw a fit. She was just like, yeah, I'm just going to take my son and we're going to leave. Good luck. And just left. That, I think that was awesome. And the level-headedness was amazing. Yeah, social, social, social emotional learning is really important because you get to, because in the real world, once we leave high school and once we leave college, we're going to be faced with more things like this. White people telling us we cannot do this or we should not do that. So being able to be in check with what you're feeling and know how to 
take steps to deal with that is very important. I agree with both of you. And and I just don't want it to be lost on anybody. We're not talking about black versus white. We're talking about anti-blackness, period. And that can come from a variety of individuals, not just white people. But what I would wanted to go back to, you guys said we need some policies. The thing is, you can write things in, in the policy book or laws on the books. You can do all of that, but it comes down to enforcement. And so sometimes you need to change those people who are in place in the place of power to enforce these things that you have on the books. Because as you can see, there are laws on the books right now. It's just that disproportionately, the negative ones affect Black people more than they affect other people. So we have to look at that. It's not just about writing policies or having policies passed in these different legislative bodies. It's about the enforcement of said policy and the consequences for not enforcing it equally or equitably across the board. And so we have to we have to be clear with that because there are a lot of things like on the books right now. Um, I could come up with a couple of them that have to deal with discipline, right? How to discipline a student. Um, but it never really, you never really see in the school handbooks how they gonna discipline these adults that that are some habitual line steppers. You got some adults who are in competition with kids and we gotta talk about it. You got some people who are vicariously trying to live their lives through black children and they get off on being the ones who, who lord over them or coach them or talk down to them to keep them in whatever place they have relegated for them. And we have to have those conversations, right? Um, let's let's not let's not just kind of gloss over that. This old man, because he's an old 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 gentleman, decided that he would take part of his day to come in there and try to get in this athlete's head, to get into his psyche, to make him doubt his potential, to make him doubt that he was able to do something, and then he walked away like nothing happened. And he was going to go on with his life. And this young man, I'm so proud of him because he stayed with it and he got home and he talked to his mama. Shout out to mama once again, who's like, oh, no, 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 not my baby. And made immediate steps to get him out of that situation. For some reason, and I, I can only talk about the families that I've been involved with in the advocacy work. For some reason, these parents think by removing their children from these situations that the other the, the facility or the school site wins. And it's not, it cannot be about that. We have to be about the emotional well being of our children and we have to put them in the best possible place for them to succeed. Um, Matt, you, you squinting your eyes at me. What's, what's going on? What's in your head? It's just, I was just still thinking about, you know, having understanding mm -hmm. of the fact that for multiple, from, from multiple facets of this man could be responding from a lack of how he was raised, a lack of his own accomplishments. Uh, a lack of CRT. <laughs> accountability. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a whole lot of things mixed up. And, and that's why I say to a lot of you, you, you children, when, you, when, you, when that happens, you got to have the understanding that that is coming from so many places of a low vibration. Like, it's like the same old cliche saying misery loves company or, or ignorance, you know, or we can keep going on with a bunch of cliche sayings. But at the end of the day, that, that calmness, that clear head is what keeps you going through. That same clear head that made me survive a situation that created the, the whole reason why I met you guys. And, and we have to continue that because we're clear that we can learn how to attack these situations and then try to get things implemented. So they want you to be out of whack. They want you to be confused. They want you to be, you know, mediocre. And we don't settle for that. Who raised you if you thought it was the 1800s? Get out that time machine. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. It's just like this, this whole situation should have never happened. Could have been avoided, but it happened, and it—it's just like there's there's certain points that led up to this, from the the man that the guy that said this, his experiences, his shortcomings, his 
raising, he has a certain jealousy for black people that he wants to bring a, a successful black boy down. And that's the yeah. problem. Jealousy, yeah. ignorance, misery, under, under accomplishment, bad, bad raising of a child, all of it is compacted into this one man. And he's the example of what goes on into this country and of white people like him were going on in their head under accomplishment, jealousy, misery, bad teaching, and ignorance. The core mm. values of a racist person. Ooh. Now, now listen, for people who just may have tuned in, we're talking about Sony Humphrey, 16-year-old junior who transferred from Iona Prep um, after his uh, athletic director uh, said a, a racist remark. And I just want to go over this uh, remark again. Tony says, he comes up to me and says, I thought you were already fast as it is. And I said, oh, I'm decently fast. And he says, oh, how did you get so fast? He running from the cops. It came out just like that, recalled Humphrey. I mean, <sighs> go ahead, Jada. What made it seem like, he just said it so easily, like the, the kid was about to be like, oh yeah, you know, it's a funny joke. That's, I would have been like, that was so uncalled. Like, did you expect me to laugh at that? Did you expect me to be like, wow, you're so funny? No, that's, that's, <laughs> wow. I mean, but it, it also makes me think, what does he watch on television? Like, uh, what what type of things have you seen about black people? He must not have no black friends. You know, normally they say, but but I can't be racist. I got, I got my one friend over here, the, you know, little Tommy over there. Um, you know, I can't be racist. You know, my grandchildren are half black. You know, that's what I've heard that one too. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what type of things do people like this watch or read or see? Because it sounds like uh, talking points from Fox News, I'm not sure. Um, it sounds like some people who um, think that everything good is, is non-black and everything bad is black. Um, I, I would never fix my mouth to say anything like this to any child. Um, there are some things I wouldn't fix my mouth to say to even white children. There's some things I wouldn't say to Latino children. There's some things I wouldn't say to Asian children. And my thing is, why do these people need to be taught that these type of things should not be said out loud, even if you're thinking? Because some people lack accountability for consciousness and speak from a place of ignorance, fear, Understanding, we could we could keep repeating this in so many ways, and then it's blanket. I mean, but then they just need to shut up. <laughs> they just need to shut up. Like they, everything does not have to be said. You know what I mean? Like some of these people, they just need to shut up. Like I don't I don't understand why they have to talk so much. Like shut up. You don't know enough. Go read something. You don't know enough. I don't know. What Jada? And I wasn't talking to you, Matt. I'm talking about this man. You know. I know, I know. Okay, I'm like, I wouldn't talk to you. I just, I still I can't contemplate. I was interpreting your words in case they couldn't get it clear. I, I still can't, con like, it's still, like, my wheels are still turning. Why it just came out so easily. Like, he, like, it just, he just thought that was okay. Like, oh, I got this joke in my head. Let me just tell him. Like, it was like, what kind of jokes do you make with your friends? What kind of joke? Like, oh, my God. His mentality is flawed. His mentality is flawed. And to think he is at a high level of, what do you call it? A high level of authority. Perhaps, high, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, you up there and you talking to me like this? I'm concerned. And that's, that's because how it doesn't take, it doesn't take any time. spiritual intelligence. It doesn't take a spiritual intelligence to teach, spiritual. to teach. Because <laughs> you, you spend your will on how, how to, you say, how do certain people get in these positions to teach? Because it doesn't take any spiritual intellect. Because they probably all relate. Anyway. I just teach this subject right here. <laughs> Talking about how they don't condone it, but yet it just came so easily to him as if he's done it before. Like, it's, just his, it's just his thing. It's just his thing. He got caught this time. He backfired on him. Oh, I didn't think he'd take it like that. How else did you expect me to take it, sir? 
how else did you expect me to take it? I'm not gonna laugh. It's not funny. It's like what? It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. And Miss Lauren, you always say this, but it is a heart problem. That comment was unnecessary, uncalled for, inappropriate, and especially coming from an adult, the adults who are supposed to be there to love us and support us, even though we know a lot of the time that does not happen, hence why we have this podcast, but it is absolutely a heart problem. You, I don't understand, like you just said, Miss Laura, you would never say something like that to any child. I don't think any of us here would say something like that, that to people, even to people who have hurt us, because we're not cruel people. So you have to be on some level of evil and disrespectful to be able to say something like that to another child. My parents always taught me to think before I speak, which means I was raised right. So as Matt would say, who raised you? Like, And they taught us, <laughs> if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Sammy, jump in there. You, you keep having your hand up. Just unmute. Uh, uh, I, bet, I bet as a joke, he grabs a banana and says, oh, I'm a black person. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he says this. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I bet you he, he says that, that joke. Um, Samuel. <laughs> well, <laughs> y'all, look, you throwing me off. Hold on. <laughs> oh, he's talking about munching. I agree no, with Sam though. Yep. It's that no type of mentality debate. right there. It just happens. There's no debate. It, like it's just you you peel on a banana and you're like, oh, I'm a black person. I'm like, no, like <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know. I agree with you, Sam, because they do some really ridiculous things. Um, but I have to bring it back. <laughs> I got to bring it back because regardless, I, I just feel like there are some people or some adults who put the onus on the child to respond appropriately. And that's a problem. If he would have reacted in any other way, they would have found a way to be punitive to him. They would have found a way. They would have suspended him, expelled him, uh, put his his scholarship in jeopardy. They would have found some way to to be punitive to him. And so I'm I'm just saying, like I hate when I have to hear you guys talk about, oh well, he remained composed because he had to. But it should not be his job to remain composed when somebody is just being a blatant fool and saying things that they know are 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 um, disrespectful or offensive right he should have had been held to a higher standard and instead of high instead of having him held to a higher standard they decided to protect his identity that's what they did at first the school protected his identity they said it was the they, they said they couldn't say it was tony who said it was the athletic director assistant athletic director i'm reading an article it says um, the athletic director resigned so was it the assistant was it the real you know the actual athletic director and then I'm looking at the stuff that the students are saying. If you ever want to know the tone on a campus, you need to go to the students who are there and who are experiencing these things. Because these students said the whole program needs to be, the whole athletic program needs to be gutted and reintroduced. These things are happening so often that the, it cannot be reformed. It has to be gutted and reimagined and reproduced. What do you think of that? Would you, would you, if, I mean, how many complaints should a school get before they revamp the way that things are going? Sammy, I see your hand. I think they should get one. That's all they one time? need. One. You should not allow this to happen multiple times. It should only happen one. It shouldn't even happen at all. But if it happens, only one time and then you you switch everything up you do not allow this to become a consecutive event this 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 is a one-time event it should never happen but if it happens one-time event yeah and then you yeah everything 
I say the funding is the first thing that got to go. The best, the best way to change people's behavior is to affect their money. Let's say, let's talk about it. Um, I just want to read you guys this, this other statement from this uh, principal or whoever he is. Um, one of the most important aspects of our school community, the acceptance and respect of every student has been infringed upon. On behalf of the administration and staff, I am deeply sorry to this student and those most offended and negatively impacted. We remain fully committed to being an open, welcoming, embracing and nurturing community where every young man holds a special place in the brotherhood of Iona men. And it says school spokesperson Alex Malecki declined to comment further on the remark. I'm gonna need them to stop lying. If you were, what did what what did I say? Uh, a place where every student is respected and whatever whatever rubbish they just said, um, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be talking about this. We wouldn't have this issue that popped up. We wouldn't have black students coming forward saying that this has happened numerous times. Melissa, what you think? Um. That that was wrong. I don't even know what to say. Like, and then they said to continue something, something. If continue, continue means that it happened. You've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it. And and the boy said that it's happened before. It's happened to other students before. Wait, wait. wait he said that it's happened before. He's went to the administrators and they did nothing about it. That's exactly. what so. What are we continuing? Could could continuing to disrespect these black students to make them not feel safe. That's what you're continuing to do. Mm. Um, I, I I tend to agree with uh, Miss Exquisite's comment. Please don't leave. We need your talents. Don't leave us because you're going to affect their bottom line of winning. And everybody wants to be a winner, right? Everybody wants to win. People don't like to lose, especially people you know at these these elite schools. They don't want to be seen as losers. So we gotta, we gotta, you know, get all the winners. I'm, I'm going to need these people to pull it together because as much as they keep us here <laughs> and entertain with their idiocy, <laughs> if we continue to see it, we're gonna continue to talk about it. And we're gonna put you on blast because we think that you're incompetent. Uh, we think that you need to resign from your jobs. You're not good at this. Taking care of children is not something that you are good at. And so you need to relieve yourself. I don't care how great and wonderful other people have told you. You probably just suck and they were afraid to tell you, but we're telling you, it's time to go. It's time to go. And if they don't go, we gotta go. We gotta chuck up the deuces every single time because our children do not deserve to be these people's punching bags, their experiments. Um, they don't deserve to be exploited for their talents. Uh, when they're not being taken care of social, emotionally, or financially. And we need to talk about that. Sam, your hand is up. Bring out the violence. Do, 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 do. Another lie. Like, they're just trying to paint a narrative that, th that, that, that this has never happened before. One time. That one was the loudest violin, by the way. <laughs> the do, do, do. What's that? I, I don't <laughs> I don't
Oh my gosh. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. It, it just, it never ceases to amaze me the length that these folks continue to go through. And honestly, I'm just waiting. When are we going to be mad enough as, as Black folks? When are we going to be mad enough to really start pushing that, that line, start being more like Tony and start getting, a, getting up out of these schools that don't appreciate us? Um, I, I just want to say to the young man, um, a lot of times people don't move because they're invested in whatever school that is and their athletic program. What he's showing is that you don't have to stay where you're not appreciated and you can go to another athletic program who will probably, you know, be happy to see you because they're trying to figure out why you transfer to that all white prep school anyway. Um, and, and I think that we need to keep our kids in our neighborhood schools if we're going to keep them there or we're going to homeschool them. Um, but we do not give people access to, their, to our children who are not going to treat them like decent human beings. We just don't do it. And at, at some point, I hope we get pissed off enough to make that a reality. And I want to see more kids from Iona Prep bail. I want to see them chuck up the deuces because you got to teach people you, better than you can tell them. You got to teach them. And I, I saw this one quote, and I just want to say it really, really quickly. It says, respect yourself enough to walk away from anyone or anything that no longer serves you, grows you, or makes you happy. And we got to do that. We got to have enough in ourselves to walk away from places that do not have our best interests at heart. Period. That has to be a period, not a dot, dot, dot. The so power is in what you allow not. That's right. Yep. It, I about to say, is that, is that Shakespeare? That sounds like you quoting some Shakespeare. I don't know. <laughs> it's a law listen, of nature. Oh, a law of power. nature. Okay. In power. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, listen, we got a couple minutes left over. Um, if you had something to say to Tony or his mom, what would you say? Melissa. Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking that step and leaving because that shows other black students that you are worth so much because we're not taught that we are worth a lot when we're in schools because they don't teach our history. They don't tell us that we're great. They do not celebrate us. So him and his mom taking that step to leave and to show that they know their worth means so much. So I thank you for taking that step. And I'm sorry that you had to experience that. Samuel. It's just like, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing that they took the step to, to come uh, to separate themselves from school. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, for the, for the mom, it was separating her child from the school and for the, and for Tony, it was separating himself from a bad environment that wouldn't feed feed him in a positive way. And all I have to say is, Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. And it feels good. <laughs> yeah. It feels good. Ah, ah. Okay. <laughs> Jada. <laughs> nice. I like the vocals. <laughs> um, Tony, that's his name, right? Tony, I'm not expecting you to be resilient, but I am super proud of you for keeping your head up in a predicament like this. Um, it may or may not, behind all the news casting and the social media, it may or may not have affected you internally. So if it has, I pray that, you know, you find some way to heal, some way to overcome it, because white people continue to try and put us down. But I'm proud of you for keeping it strong and, you know, proving that you're worth more than what they say. There you go. And shout out to the mama. Good job. Taking them out of school. Yeah. Matt. Tony, 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 and family. Tony, I want to say great job on choosing to respond and not living in a life of reaction. That I want you to use as a milestone to shape and continue to evolve that very particular integrity. And to you and everyone that can hear my voice, I wish you health, wealth, and peace of mind. Well, there you have it. There you have it. So listen, <laughs> I just, I love mama. 
Mama, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing us how it, how it can be done, where we take our students who are elite athletes and we just chuck up them deuces. So uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe. Um, go to our student store. You can pick you up some BVBOE gear that Melissa is rocking right now. Um, also, if there's something you want to talk about, uh, please feel free to visit our website. If you have a complaint, go ahead and go to our complaint process. We are here to serve you uh, intentionally. Uh, what else? Is that, is that it? Well, that's all it's going to be. Meet us next year, next week, 4 o'clock. We are going to be reflecting on, uh, what are we reflecting on? Uh, King Richard. Yeah, Venus and Serena's story. We're going to talk about King Richard and what we've seen and all the criticisms and all the positives that we got from it. So without further ado, we're going to hit you with the deuces. deuces. And we'll see you next week <laughs> right here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, live on Facebook and YouTube. We are Black versus the Board of Education. Peace.